Good evening. Today is Wednesday, January 12th, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This, this week's chapter is We Agnostics, and our speaker tonight is Sally P. Thank you, Sally P. Thank you. That, um, thank you so much. This is a great group. I can feel the love and the joy and the laughter through the phone. I think I might pop on again. So um, I feel honored to get to get to talk um, tonight. I, um, I only have 20 minutes and I have a huge history of uh, what I call finding God and it's still changing. But I, I look back and I, I can giggle about some of the stuff that I've, that I've done and some of the paths I've walked in my search for God. And um, I'm gonna talk about some of that tonight. Um, I've been in program 41 years. I found the rooms when I was 23 in New York City and I never left. And um, one of the best things I heard at my first meeting were two things that I only had to live one day at a time and that I could choose my own conception of God. Because by the time I'd gotten into OA at 23, I'd, I'd been through Almost, I could consider some of it abusive, abusive religious situations. Um, and I was just so thankful that I could, I was given permission to tweak that. Not that it was easy because I still got pulled back. So it's funny, I, I, on my notes, I took some notes that I wanted to talk about and I wrote, came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to insanity. I literally typed that out. <laughs> I think that's kind of funny. Um, insanity. Um, the definition of sanity, the ability to behave in a normal and rational manner, sound mental health. First of all, do I believe that when it comes to food, I'm insane? Yep. By the time I made it into OA, I was and heard what was going on with other people and their food behavior. I'm like, I am home. Um, I think I was born with this disease. Um, my grandma died of diabetes. She was obese. I was constantly told you're the spit image of your grandmother. Um, and food was always number one in my life from a very young age. Um, in terms of religious upbringing, my mom would tease me when I was young, it'd say, every time you sin, you're getting a black mark on a record. And after so many black marks, you're going to hell. Well, oh my God, who doesn't, you know, supposedly sin. And I got to a point where I figured out, well, I had so many black marks on my record. What the hell? I'm just going to have fun. And I turned into quite a wild, uh, crazy, crazy person. Um, and the worst sin was I, you know, I had a twin sister and I would take, I wouldn't, put my money in the collection dish at church because I wanted to buy us candy after church. So that was a really, really bad sin. So I kind of had a Sunday school God, what I like to call as a Sunday school God. Um, and I, all, I, in my search for finding a food plan, a way to lose weight and a way to keep it off, I knew that it had to take divine intervention, but no way did I believe because I was a sinner that I really deserved and that divine intervention that was going to be my punishment I was going to be fat and being fat um I appeared to be a happy child but I was I was fat and I felt inadequate um at age 18 I moved out of the house and lo and behold I I, I found Weight Watchers and I 
lost a lot of weight, lost 80 pounds on Weight Watchers. My top weight was 220 and I weigh 128 right now. Um, so when I moved out, um, I got a waitressing job and I learned about this religious group that would come in on Sunday mornings and they wouldn't leave you tips. They would leave you religious tracks. And so I was like, you know, they're crazy. They're crazy. But they kind of got to me because I, I my, my working in a diner, a Greek diner that has like the best desserts in the world, um, my eating progressed. And I because I was always searching for relief, I said, well, I'm going to try this religious group. So I tried this religious group. And um, while I was part of this religious, and it was just a fundamental, very fundamental, by the book, you know, we're right and everybody else is wrong group. And I tried really hard to fit into that, but I never really believed that, you know, there's only one way. So um, I... At 21, I got my dream job. I moved to New York City. I was pursuing musical theater and my, my eating became skid row binge eating. And I remember one day I was binging and I came across a church that had a sign that said free personality profile. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go in there. Well, it turned out to be the Church of Scientology. So I was in Scientology for, for a little bit. Um, and got out, but you know, it was like I was I was, I was just a sponge for somebody tell me what to do. I just want relief from this affliction. Um, so I eventually found OA. I, I was skimming. I ran my finger down the phone book and I'm like, oh, OA, I'm going to try OA. So I went to my first meeting and something happened. I got blessed with abstinence. And um, and I, and I love that concept that I can choose my own God. And so, but I still had a really hard time pulling away from, you know, what I've been through with this other religious group. And so I left New York City and I moved to Colorado um, and I was still in OA. I actually found an AA, I became part of an AA, what turned out to be an AA cult, because for some reason, my personality, I am drawn to extreme groups, like this is the only way, and wow, I have it now. So this was an AA group, and we would go, through, we went through the steps really fast, and I remember we'd say the third step prayer, and they'd make us sit on our knees and scream the third step prayer at the top of our lungs, I offer myself to thee. And I mean, I'm thinking, and I was so high after that because the lack of oxygen from screaming, I felt like I had a spiritual awakening. But after a while, I started seeing some scary crap that was going on. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I got to leave this group. And so I left this group. And what did I do? Ran back to the church because the 12 steps. Oh my God. I, I didn't leave away, but I had a bad taste in my mouth against the 12 steps. So I ran back into the church, tried that again and had a relapse because there was so much shame um, about everything you felt and it was so rigid and I couldn't be human and feel like I could fit in with that group. And so there was a lot of shame and my, I picked up and I struggled for about nine months to get my abstinence back. And um, I said, the day I got my abstinence back, I said, God, I know I, I need you in my life and I want you in my life, but I can't do it this other way. And I left that organization and they, I had 
they called me, they mailed me letters that I'd fallen away. And it was really hard. It wasn't until I found a group called Fundamentalists Anonymous. There was a group out there called Fundamentalists Anonymous, people that were survivors of religious abuse. And I went and all I had to do was go to one meeting and I heard enough to say, yeah. But it still took me a while to get um, deprogrammed. Um, I, I heard early on that I needed to have a personal relationship with God, but I really didn't know what that was. Um, I would read books. I would take classes. Um, I would pray. I had this belief, but reading all these books and these classes gave me um, a broader choice. You know, there's Buddhism, there's positive Christianity, there's all these beautiful belief systems out there, and they all have something very similar. So the, I, I was, I allowed myself to become open and, and they all to me say the same thing, just love your neighbor, you know, just be a good person, love your neighbor, and trust in, in a power greater than me. And so um, I was walking the walk, still in the rooms, working my program, uh, definitely not uh, emotionally sober because I really hadn't been taken through the steps the way I had, you know, the, uh, I was taken through the steps four years ago, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't binging and food wasn't running my life, but I was still crazy. And um, in 2002, I got a phone call. I had a twin sister named Joanne and she was sick. She had heart failure. And unfortunately she gave this heart failure to herself by ingesting um, too many over-the-counter pills that um, curb your appetite. It had the um, herbal form of, of uh, Fedra in it. It had Mao Huang in it. And so she gave herself heart failure and she died at 44. And I remember when I got that call first thing I did was I got on my knees and I took a picture of her and I put it to my heart and I started praying. I, and she hadn't died yet, but she was on the way to the hospital. I started praying that God be with everyone at the hospital, you know, that if God, if it's your will, let her live. Well, she didn't live. And so the fact that that's where I went right away blew me away. And so, yeah, I accepted that this was God's will, but you know, it took me years and it still hurts years and years and years. That's 10 minutes. Thank you. Years to process that and um, get to a place where um, I'm, I'm better. I'm better. And, but getting through that loss and walking through it, changed me on such such a deep 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 level and so as these things would come up in my life I would feel that God how God had to carry me through this you know and the big one thing I give God credit for is the fact that I don't want to shove food in my mouth every day on a daily basis because that's how I lived for the first 23 years of my life so on and on and on I get married change careers and then a year and a half ago I lost my last family member and my last sibling to alcoholism. And I'm like, again, God, not again. I, I mean, ooh. and, you know, when I was at her bedside and they were taking the tube out of her, um, I was with her nieces and I was like, I have to trust this is God's will. And most of all that 
uh, he can carry me through this like he did with my twin. And the interesting thing, what I've chosen to do is I ask God, please let none of these trials and tribulations go in vain. Please give me the life lesson that I need. It's like, let me hit the emotional bottom that I need to, to feel so I can live more in the spirit. I can feel you more and I can feel you running my life more. And so it's been a year and a half since my other sister died and, um, I've gotten over, I think, the worst part. And um, I just found out about a month ago that my my sister, my sister who died a year and a half ago, she had two daughters. And her daughter is now pregnant with twins. Which to me was like, that's no mistake. It's one thing that she's having one baby, but the fact that she's having twins and, you know, I was a twin, it was like, to be able to see that as a gift from God was amazing. Um, I look back on all these past hurts and, and scary things that I went through that I thought, why me? God's punishing me. And now it's like, why not me? And what have these done? What that have these things done to change me? And as a result, I have this really incredible life. I am um, because of my losses. I, I've become an end-of-life doula, and I work in a nursing home, and I sit with people that are dying. I counsel family members. I, Because of my pain of my eating disorder, my dysfunction in my gut, and all my body was going on, I became a massage therapist. And now in this nursing home, I do, only, I do spa work and skincare and massage and healing work. And I'm also a singer and I sing, I do music. And so it's like, oh my God, this jo- I wouldn't have got- manifested this job if it hadn't been for all those things that I've been through. And now we're two years into working in a nursing home with COVID. And um, I can honestly say that I've been traumatized by it. Um, a huge opportunity to work my program because, you know, there's, there's different views of, of, of the illness. And um, I, once again, I've had to really surrender and say, God, I don't get this. Please, please show me the rainbow in this. And I'm seeing the rainbow. Number one, you know, um, it's, it's, it's changed me. It's, you know, when you, when you have the losses that I've lost, had, and then walk through COVID, there's very little you piss and moan about, you know, there's just stuff that I would piss and moan about 10 years ago that I just don't anymore. And I'm very thankful for that. I have to trust. I mean, there's a thing on page 53, we agnostics. God is everything or else God is nothing. And I grabbed that right out of the gate when I first got into the program. I'm like, he's everything or he's nothing. But I forget it. And then I get to take someone through the book and I read that and I'm like, oh, what a good reminder. I mean, this this stuff in this book doesn't doesn't stick with me long. I have to constantly read it. I have to be on meetings. I have to constantly hear because I want to revert back to my old way of thinking. And I heard left. Thank you. Um, I want to. Okay, I want to talk about what I'm doing now with my spirituality. Um, 
one of the things that happened to me uh, years ago after I left the church and got into a different spiritual group was I learned about something called new thought music. And um, I'm a musician. And so I would listen to all these wonderful musicians that would sing these hysterical songs, mostly about recovery. It's unbelievable how many of them about recovery. And the, what it taught me, the, these songs taught me is that I'm not alone, but a lot of them is that, you know, happiness is a choice. You know, it's not, I'm not a victim of my circumstances. I can be bitter. I can be better. I can be a victim or I can be a victor. And that I ha- like the book says, I have to ask God to guide my thinking. So I'm working a, um, a spiritual process now where every morning I get up and I read this very simple lesson that's, that's continuing to help me shift my perception because I just heard the other day that we genetically are predispositioned genetically to think certain ways when we're born. So we have that. And then we're born and we're predisposed or we're trained to think other ways. Well, I got to undo the majority of the thinking that I was raised with. And that's what the steps do. So I asked God to help me see the world through God's eyes, hear through God's ears, speak with God's words, love with his hands and his heart and walk with his feet, his, her, you know, to me, it's a loving, a loving, loving energy. And I have to plug into that because my disease wants me to plug into the, to the fear and the worry. And there's a lot going on right now to be afraid and worried about, but it's also, I know it's an opportunity for me to get to a higher place in my relationship with God and being able to see all the beauty and the magic that's in this world all around me. And it starts by putting the food down practicing complete abstinence. I had many years of abstinence, but I was still obsessed with the food, obsessed with the weight. And it wasn't until I got through the book with a a recovered sponsor and that I put my, what I called my problem foods down. I thought, well, if you're in our way for a while, you should be able to handle this food, that food, that food, that food. The longer I'm in our way, the less I can handle. And I have to understand that that bottom line is I don't pick up. And I still follow a food plan. And I, because I've been around so long, I think I know it all. And so I have to constantly go back to basics. And turn my will and my life over every day and, and just give it to God and look for the magic because there is so much magic. And today I went into work. Um, we are so short staffed, um, because a lot of workers are out with COVID. And so I said, God, what do you want me to do today? And I ended up help helping to serve lunch to the residents. That's not my job, but I got to feed them. And, um, I left feeling like I did God's work today. And to me, when I feel like I've done God's work, that is one of the biggest highs that I have, that I experienced today, knowing that I'm aligned with God's will. So um, I think that's all I have to say. And I, I hope that I said something to somebody who's struggling and, and, and has hope because don't give up don't give up. You will get it. Just stay and keep coming back. And thank you for letting me share.
Hallelujah. Uh, sorry, you got me there at the end. Um, thank you so much for your share. Uh, that was wonderful. Um, we will now open the meeting for questions or three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or press star nine if you are on the phone, and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you um, to unmute when it is your turn. When the time, will the timekeeper please set three minutes for each share and announce when time, and time is up? If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. I'll turn it over now to Victoria. Okay, great. We will have Amy B and followed by Laura T. Thank you very much, Victoria. And thank you, Kristen, both of you for your service, Team Wednesday. Um, and Sally, thank you so much. My name is Amy B. I'm a compulsive overeater, leaving very gratefully in a recovered state today. And you know, I usually hold back with my hand at the beginning of the meeting, but when you said, well, first of all, your whole share was beautiful. Thank you for your service and your experience with this chapter. Um, when you said there is so much magic, there is so much magic in these steps. There is so much magic in divine guidance and this community. And these steps are, are, are a recipe for magic. There's, it's the perfect word and I love it and I've used it before and I like to identify part of the thing that I love about, about my, my own conception of God. Like it says on page 12 that I get to choose. And the idea that the 12 steps and the fellowship and the service are the ingredients that higher power uses to make magic. I don't know, it's transformed my fear into gratitude. That feels pretty magical. It's transformed my wreckfulness um, with purpose. And that feels pretty magical too. And um, I want to welcome all the newcomers that are here, whether you're new to the meeting or new to OA or new to a new experience with all of this. You are so welcome. So glad to see everybody. Really, one more time, oabdp.org. The birthday party is this weekend. Love to see you all there. I pass. Thank you, Amy, for that share. Next up, we have Laura T, followed by Nancy Z. Hi, everyone. My name is Laura T, and I am a compulsive overeater. Um, boy, I need some magic. So I'm here. Um, I didn't want to be here. Um, Sally, you asked if there was anything that you said that um, meant something to us. And um, I don't pick up. That's what you said. 
Interestingly, I just um, texted my sponsor a few moments ago and um, told her I had picked up and she wrote, she texted back, we don't pick up. Those were her exact words. We, we don't pick up. So I guess I don't pick up and I'm using that uh, present tense because in this moment and for today, the what's left of it, I don't pick up. Um, shift my perception that God is everything or he is nothing. I, I have to keep remembering that because I believe God is something. And so if he's either everything or nothing, he has to be everything. And I need to remember that. Thank you for letting me share tonight. Thank you, Laura. Next up, we have Nancy Z followed by Trace. Hey, everyone. Nancy recovered compulsive eater, bulimic, anorexic. So grateful, grateful to be here. I got into a little, uh, little snit of being too busy to go to meetings. And thankfully, it was short lived. Um, but uh, that's an awful place to be. It really is. So grateful to be here. Um, thank you so much, Sally. Um, oh my gosh, you were like, I'm trying to find you here. You were like telling my story at the beginning. I was raised, we must've gone to the same church. I don't know, but you know, as a child, I had dreams about, you know, um, about my, my family up in heaven with the lambs and the lions and me burning in hell. Cause I knew I was a, I knew I was a sinner. And, uh, so when I came into this program, I too had no concept of a loving, caring God. Um, thankfully, I was open and receptive and I kept coming back. And that's what you said. Just keep coming back. And I did. I kept coming back. And my, my perception of God changed um, as time went on. And then I left and uh, I continued to try to develop that relationship with God to the best of my ability. And... Um, you know, when I came back uh, was really, really when I, someone said it today that I was talking to it, like all of a sudden it all made sense. You know, it all made sense. And, and I understood what was holding me back and what kept shoving me into, into relapse. And, um, and by the grace of God and the magic, uh, I love that the magic of this program, you know, the desire has been, I've been relieved of the desire to the compulsion obsession um, to binge and purge. And I thought I would never be free of that. And uh, it is, uh, it is magic. It is a miracle for sure. Um, but I think that's what I really clicked into when you said, just keep coming back, just keep coming back. And, um, I talked to someone on the phone today and remember that story in the book. I don't know if it's doctor's opinion or what, but I think it was Bill went back to talk to Dr. Silkworth or young or whoever, <laughs> And, and he was like, I did not recognize the man that was in front of me. I treated him years ago, but I didn't recognize this man. Well, that's how I felt on this phone call with this person is that the, you know, the talks we've had before she's been like, there was a transformation. I'm not going to go into all of it, but I could hear it in her voice. I could, I could hear it in her voice and in the words she was speaking that she had surrendered and she was experiencing the gift and the beauty of this program made me cry, made me cry. So I love this program. I love um, 
just the, the, the beauty of it. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Nancy. Okay, next up we have Trace followed by Amy L. Hi everyone, I'm Trace, compulsive overeater and food addict, and I'm based in Australia. Um, Sally, thank you so much for sharing your story. The, the whole thing was amazing, but for me, the use of the word hope just hit hard. I've been in program six weeks, have been abstinent six weeks, um, sheer white knuckle not giving in. I'm learning to surrender, but aside from being an addict, I'm also a control freak. So it's a, it's a hard one. It's either all or nothing in my world. And um, working with my sponsor on the weekend, she told me that eventually I'm not going to be the one in the boxing ring fighting the addiction, that my higher power is in the ring and I'm on the sideline. And it was the first time ever in my whole life in regards to food that I felt hope. I had just kind of accepted that as a food addict, like I will struggle and fight my whole life. And even joining the program, I always just thought the fight was still there. Just I would have a room full of other people that got the fight. It had never entered my head that the fight just wouldn't be there, that I would have calm and sanity. And you using the word hope today just hit hard because I've done the first four weeks really easy and I've been struggling the last 10 or so days. And I told my husband last night that I stumbled into this meeting yesterday and I realised how ridiculous that was, my higher power gave me this meeting yesterday and um, one of you lovely folks put me into the WhatsApp group and in that group I think there's more love coming through this group than any other group or meeting that I've been in and yeah my higher power has brought me to the place that I needed because yesterday was the first day that I felt any kind of calm around the program and then Sally's words this morning where she mentioned the word magic and the word hope and I just went oh thank you for me the high my higher power is the universe it's just like thank you universe you've landed me exactly where I needed to be so that I have hope in my life when it comes to addiction so I just wanted to say thank you to all of you in this meeting you've been so welcoming and the thought of making an outreach call terrifies me more than binge eating food terrifies me. And it's one of my goals that my sponsor has given me to make an outreach call. And three minutes. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much, Trace. We're going to go ahead and um, turn the recording off for unrecorded questions or shares. Uh, 